I know why you're here. I can still read, you know. I saw it in the paper. Eddie Blake's funeral is today. Finally got his punchline, I guess. Poor Eddie. Poor Eddie after what he did to you? <laughs> Lori, you're still young. You don't know. Things change. What happened happened 40 years ago. I'm 67 years old. Every day, the future looks a little bit darker. But the past, even the grimy parts of it, keep on getting brighter. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Every DC Movie Ever. I'm your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francisco Alcala. And yes, we are doing a real proper episode for the first time in I don't know how long. Like a year, probably. Probably. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, we've just been sticking to new stuff because it's hard to sit down and, and do research and do all this stuff and, and plan it all out. It's much easier to walk out of a movie theater and talk about how we felt about it right away. But I <laughs> think how much we hated it. I, I think, exactly, <laughs> we're usually complaining endlessly about how many times Doctor Strange is going to fucking show up. It's a lot. It's a lot of times, usually. We are going to be talking about the 2009... Zack Snyder directed Watchmen film. Franny's changing out of his little Sorry, his little sweatshirt right now. It's warm in here. <laughs> okay, apparently it is warm in here. And I just figured since it's heavier subject matter and it's uh, a real proper episode that I can edit, we might as well do this right. I'm glad to be back in the proper format. Um, we'll see how long this lasts. But one episode, just <laughs> this one. <laughs> considering a lot of the things after this aren't going to be quite as heady, I think it'll be easier <laughs> to go forward. Considering that the next movie we would talk about on our DC show would be Jonah Hex. So I oh, think God, I forgot with that, we that, had to do that in mind. <laughs> I think maybe we should push forward. For yeah. I have been very intimidated to do this episode. Um, not even just in the past couple weeks since we've actually started working on it, but just ever, <laughs> forever. It's a big reason why I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to move forward because Watchmen is not just considered like the greatest graphic novel of all time, but a lot of the time one of the greatest American novels of the last like hundred years, which is fucking crazy." And it's, it's a comic book, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's nuts for for us to talk about this when most of what we talk about is trying to get Jared Leto canceled or <laughs> talking about who we think is racist in Hollywood um, or which Spider-Man is the best. We're not usually talking about the Cold War and Richard Nixon and the nuclear fallout, nuclear holocaust <laughs> and the plates of the American people and all that stuff. But today we are going to be facing some bigger topics uh, and framing it largely through the lens of the movie, since that's what we're here to discuss. But I will say, Franny, I have done a fucking insane amount I've, of research. I've never done this much research for anything we've ever talked about. Or first, I watched the movie again. I watched the theatrical cut of the movie. Mm -hmm. Then I read the graphic novel again. Then I played the 2009 tie-in video game, Watchmen: The End Is Nigh. It's like an Arkham City style Are you Watchmen game where it's Rorschach and Night Owl, like before the events of the movie, okay. like running around the streets, being the shit out of people. But they're like Batman. Is it any good? It's kind of fun, okay. but it's like 
compared to like Arkham, it's very clunky and weird. So it's like tie-in quality. It's tie-in quality, and okay. you know it's a tie-in game because there are not cutscenes. There are motion comics in between. There we go. So they cut some corners there. Clearly, <laughs> uh, they they fucking could not use the budget. Any voice to... acting whatsoever? Yeah, from oh. Jackie Earl Haley and Patrick Wilson. Wow, they did it because I think that was also the era where actors were like contractually obligated to be in tying games since everything had one. yeah but you'd still think like i think if they were bigger actors they would probably try to like weasel their way out of it probably but they're bigger now than they were in 2009 i just think it's funny that it exists and i think it's kind of, it's kind of bad funny. that if like <laughs> if that's what you take away is isn't rorschach cool you you might have a problem with your brain yeah and it's also like making a video game out of it is like that's not even like the point of Watchmen, which is also kind of how I feel about the movie to an extent. Yeah. Specifically with all the like fight scenes, like that's not the point. So don't make an entire Arkham game based off of this. That's not you missed it like completely. Yeah. No, exactly. It's um <laughs> it's kind of bad that it exists. That's <laughs> like if there was a 1984 like side scrolling fighter game. Maybe there is, honestly. I don't fucking know, but it just feels like oh you 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 took the most base level approach to this very layered text and you just you just tried to turn it into another superhero thing is there an entire level based on cleaving dogs heads in half and throwing them at, <laughs> at god at i wish murderers. that fucking true <laughs> no you do it's lots of stuff that like they talk about which is kind of cool it's mm. like oh remember when we took down you know this guy and then you get to play that so that's kind of interesting but it's just it's Weird. watchmen <laughs> and there shouldn't be a a video game about watchmen really so and then I did what my, not my, I wouldn't say my favorite piece of Watchmen media, but I would say absolutely my favorite piece aside from the comic is, and I've done this every year for three years now. This no, is my third no. time. I watched the HBO show again, okay. which is a sequel to the comic. And I think it's one of my favorite sequels to anything for any, I fucking love it. Because it's good? It's brilliant. Okay. It's, no, it is so smart. Okay, it's good. Like, it's nine episodes. I saw it for the first time in quarantine, so like in 2020, because it was late 2019 that mm. it came out. I watched it then, and then I watched it again last year, and it's like, I, I don't plan to watch it once a year or anything. It's just like, it takes a year for me to remember how great it is, and I watch it again, and I, I don't want to say too much about it, because I think everybody should go out and watch it. Like, it won't take that much of your time. I'm so bad at watching TV, but I can gun through that in three days. Like, it's fucking it's amazing, and it answers questions way better than what I've also been reading, which is <laughs> is DC's Doomsday Clock, written by Jeff Johns. Uh, Jeff Johns, another controversial <laughs> kind of DC figure. But that posits the question, what if when Dr. Manhattan left Earth because of humanity's horrific, horrific actions, he went to the DC universe and met Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman? And it's like, I, I, don't, I didn't get too far in it, not even because of quality, kind of because of disinterest um but i did buy it stupid i will read the rest of it i think i'll probably keep reading it while i'm editing this episode (laughs) so just imagine me taking breaks in between this episode to read doomsday clock there's some good ideas in there too but when you compare it to the the show it's fucking nothing like it's (laughs) it's stupid because that show just looks at the world and another thing is like that show takes place in 2019. So it's like, what does that 2019 look like? And they've just figured it out and they've thought of things that are impossible for anyone to fucking come up with as a sequel to Watchmen, but they work. And then you get Doomsday Clock, which takes place in the 90s. It's like 1997 or something. And already everybody knows what 
Ozymandias did. So it's like the last 20 minutes of the Watchmen movie or the Watchmen comic or whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Isn't it a different universe, though? Like, how does anybody know? Well, no, because it starts in the Watchmen universe. And then Rorschach and Ozymandias travel to the DC universe with wacky, like... What? I don't know. They use, like... they. It's Archie. They use Archie and they put it through the fucking teleporter or whatever. Sure. And it's just, it's it's schlock, honestly. And it's very silly and funny. It's, it's fan service in what sounds like the worst way possible. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, we'll see. It's to be determined because I'm going to have to read the rest of it. Because <laughs> those first four, I'm like, this is stupid, but it's not terrible. The only thing that I wanted to do that I didn't get to do before we did this is in 2012 there was another series called Before Watchmen which kind of like took it would like look at one Watchmen character and be like here's a bunch of stuff that happened to them before the book. So there's like a Rorschach one, Nazimandius one. They all have one. And I wanted to read that, but I didn't. And that's probably for the best cuz I'm sure it's not great. <laughs> cuz the the first Watchmen book is kind of like the comedian probably uh, killed JFK, and I'm pretty sure that sequel one or prequel one is very much like, oh, he was somewhere else, which I think is lame. That's a cop out. Yeah, it's also like I feel like everybody's background is already fleshed out enough. Like we don't need to see it. No, like yeah. we already get enough information that we don't need a whole like comic for each character about it. Very true. I wonder if people were just intimidated to make a sequel, so they were like, well, this is safer, I guess. Then I watched the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Which I think is way worse than the theatrical cut. Really? Not way worse. Like, the stuff I still love about the theatrical cut is better, but it's too much. There's too much in it, I think. It's I bloated. Mean, it is, like, what, three hours and five minutes? Yeah. And the theatrical is, like, two and, like, 45, so it's long, but you would be shocked what a difference 25 minutes can make. Because I think that's it. It's like 24 minutes Oh, or no, I would guess, because I, I sat through that entire three-and-a-half-hour one. You watched the pirate stuff? Yeah. How was that? It's fine. I, I expected it to be a lot worse. It The art style, I'm not a fan of. It was, like, fine. Well, what they did also... I could have I could have done without it, honestly. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> what they did in tandem with the movie coming out, I think, is there was a motion comic of Watchmen, and one guy did all the voices. I, I did try to listen them. to that, and I couldn't. Yeah, horrific I, stuff. I listened to, like, the first one, and I was like, this is, like... Embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I'm surprised nobody's like redone it with an actual like voice cast or something. That would be cool because you could do it, and and that would be that would be a, a fun companion Not for it or whatever. Guy. But no, yeah, and it looks bad and it sounds bad. But you had to read Watchmen for this, Franny. Yeah. And I just I want to know what you thought. What do you think? Uh, no pressure. Well, okay. The funny thing is, I did read like half of it when we were originally going to do this episode like a year ago. And then I've just had your copy sitting on my bed. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I've just been like looking at that fucking smiley face being like, I still have to read that entire brick yeah, at some point. To get to it, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, a brick with pictures, Brandy. That makes a difference. Yeah, that's true. It's a lot easier it, on my poor illiterate brain. Mm. It was long because I'm illiterate. Sure. But I did really like it, so it didn't feel that bad. Okay. I good. thought it was really good. I'm glad. Yeah. Part of me in the back of my head has been like, what if he fucking hates it? It would be really funny if I was just like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. Because, yeah, I think it's. I feel like a lot of the time when you're looking at like a medium and you're trying to be like, what's the best thing? The answer is usually whatever the most boring answer is, is a lot of the time the right one. Like, I always think about 
like the Disney movies, and it's like, what's the best animated Disney movie? It's probably The Lion King, but that's like the most cop yeah, out. It's like answer, the one that everyone says, but they say everyone says that because they're probably right. It's, they say it for a reason. <laughs> that's how I feel about Watchmen, where it's like, what's the best comic? Well, it's probably Watchmen. Actually, I I'm a freak for comics. I'm fucking I'm obsessed. You look around any room I've ever entered, and there will be tons of weird paraphernalia all over the place. But I think that if I was pressured to say what is the best comic I've ever read, it'd have to be Watchmen. It is heady, it's big, it's long. A lot of the time, it can be intimidating. There's parts where even now, it's like there's two things happening in one panel. There's two stories being told. I have to read one in order. Mm-hmm. So if it's like Black Freighter stuff and then, you know, Watchmen world stuff, I'm like, I'm reading all the Watchmen stuff, then I'm reading the pirate stuff. Like, I have to, I cannot just completely envelop it the way i wish i yeah. could there's a lot going on i don't know how it was even planned out because there's just so many like details and there's just like so much stuff to keep straight i definitely had to reread like some, <laughs> i had to go back and like reread parts of it just because it's like there's just a lot of information happening like all the time yeah there's a lot done just to set up the world and those characters and I'll never understand how you come up with some of that stuff. I'll never understand how you come up with the last two issues of that, where it's like, what if the oh, spoilers? By yeah, the way, for Watchmen, nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all we'll say for now. But I'm gonna just say full spoiler warning, everybody, because you should get to experience this without knowing what happens. Oh yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think issue four, the Doctor Manhattan, maybe the best mm-hmm. comic that one ever. Definitely stands out. How does a human brain? actually process that enough to write that alan moore is a fucking insane snake freak and i don't know what he well, yeah, he's doing. like a weird cult leader so i'm sure i'm he sure he's in a cave <laughs> with his snakes or whatever yeah he's crazy alan moore is a fucking crazy man but he's also brilliant do you think that's how he experiences time <laughs> oh yeah maybe that is maybe that's part of the cult is you have to think like fucking john osterman that might be the only way that you can actually yeah, that actually makes way too much sense. Like, that, that's why he's like that. That's why he lives in his fucking cave. Is that that's just how he experiences time and reality. <laughs> or, or maybe he didn't for a while, but then he wrote that and it broke his brain. And now he just sees it like that. And all of this brings us to the 2009 Zack Snyder adaptation. They had attempted adaptations before. Everybody wanted to try and make Watchmen. Since the 80s, the first real attempt was in the 90s. And I've been reading a lot about this, too. This has been another thing I've been researching. Because it was Terry Gilliam, who was like a Monty Python guy, but he directed a bunch of weirdo movies. He did like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Brazil and stuff. So he had very insane, insane pension for visuals. But he also had a very bad habit of making movies that went way over budget and did not make any other money back. So, Which is bad for an adaptation. <laughs> especially of Watchmen, which... <laughs> would fucking balloon like crazy because there's so much you have to do. I don't think you could have done this movie until 2009. Like, visually, I cannot yeah. imagine. And this is going to answer a question for you, Franny, because I don't remember what all of the potential cast was, but I heard from this, this broke my brain, this is the most insane casting rumor I've ever heard, oh, God. Franny. I'm so scared. Terry Gilliam for Rorschach wanted Robin Williams. Are you fucking kidding me? That's real. That was going to happen. I kind of want to see that, honestly. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Like, where do you even? Why is that the first person you think of? And they take his mask off eventually. And imagine they take the yeah, Rorschach mask off as Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. I don't know where that came from, but to I me, I can't ima- imagine the adaptation of that entire issue 
about Rorschach. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, yeah, being fucking Robin Williams. Yeah, that would be fucking great. <laughs> and I found found it's not hard to find, but in like 2003, David Hayter, the boy Solid Snake himself, who wrote the first X Men movie. Don't mm-hmm. forget. Um, there was like test footage that he did and it looks bad because there's no like effects over it, but there's like, it's the scene where Rorschach's eating the beans at Night Owl's house or whatever. And it's just like, this is fucking weird actually. This looks wrong. And that was 2003. Rorschach? I don't think it was him. It was just like I think oh, okay. he w- he wanted to make oh, it. Okay. So I mean, maybe he like, was like in it. I was like, that's maybe strange. he might be. I don't know if he could be under the mask. You don't see his face, but everyone wanted to make Watchmen. Nobody could. And then in 2006, fucking 300 comes out and it like takes the world by storm because it looks insane and no movies ever looked like that before and it's like over stylized but it's cool to do that in 2006 <laughs> it's cool to have tons of slow-mo and cgi abs and fake sky and all that kind of thing in 2006 we're not completely tired of it yet yeah well i don't think because i think now everybody knows how everything in a movie is made at this point basically mm. like you can f- pretty much figure out how all this stuff happens. It was back when movies were still magic. Yeah, right, it is. That's 300 is some movie magic. And so they were like, okay, fuck, Zach, you want to make Watchmen? You're probably the closest anyone You're the best get. we're going to get. <laughs> I think that's really what it is. And obviously he had a love for the material. And 300 is Frank Miller's story, so he's he knows how to adapt a comic. There's lots of stuff in 300 that's like, oh, that's just a panel from the comic. Like, that looks perfect. They got him on board, and I always get nervous when we talk about Zack Snyder stuff because Zack Snyder fans are crazy and will hunt you down no matter what. They will find you, and they will gun you down. <laughs> they will fucking get you, yeah. they'll. <laughs> I think that Watchmen has some of the hallmarks of Zack Snyder that would destroy things like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. But I also think that despite a lot of problems, his Watchmen is absolutely the best you could have done. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> for a like, movie. there's like, I really can't imagine how you could have done it any better. For the most part, it's pretty accurate to the original like comic. Like, mm. there's not there's a much... couple big differences towards the end. Mostly, yeah, which we'll talk about. Yeah, but for the most part, it's like pretty accurate and like all the things you would look for are in there and they look good and they're done well enough like there's not much you could have done better i think i I agree this seems to be kind of a love it or hate it movie i know a lot of people don't like what i've seen it's either yeah well okay i feel like nobody loves this movie i feel like from what i've seen it's either you hate it or you just kind of like it I don't mm, think I've ever seen anybody that like absolutely loves this movie. Okay, well, me at thirteen absolutely love this movie. Maybe okay, that's well, what that's because you were a thirteen-year-old. That's very true, <laughs> and that's and I hadn't seen it in years. Because when when you're thirteen, I love the Watchmen book, but I didn't mind the changes. I thought the overstylization was awesome, and I loved how brutal and weirdly horny it is and all that so i thought it was crazy because i was 13 i was like oh my god so much excess give this to me now please and obviously that's all in the comic but it's presented completely differently because the violence and the sex and all that stuff in the comic is very much like these are real people um a real man's body it's going to take a lot longer to break than if you were a superhero and could just destroy it in an alleyway or whatever yeah i feel like all of the excess stuff in the comic is also more meant to just be like, for the most part, it's just meant to be gross. Sure, yeah. Like, instead of in the movie where it's just kind of like, 
happens and it's supposed to be cool. Everything is well. That's the number one thing with Zack Snyder. Everything is supposed yeah, to be everything awesome. Everything is everything is the coolest thing in the world. Everything, Nothing is bad. Everything needs to look and sound and and just be awesome. Above all else, above character motivation. <laughs> no matter what, you cannot say that Zack Snyder's movies don't look pretty fucking epic a lot of the time. I think parts of it should look epic. I definitely have problems with some of the depictions in the movie. I, t- I still tend to really like the movie for the most part. Like, mm. And like I'm saying, theatrical cut is the way to go. I'll talk about some of the stuff that's added in the director's cut, but I think just for pacing alone... Everything is, it's very well edited, the the theatrical, and you can just feel the drag a lot of the time in the, the yeah. directors. Watching that three and a half hour one, I was like, there's so much stuff that I can tell should have been cut out. Like, this was not needed. And a lot of it was. I wouldn't say there's anything that feels unnecessary in the final movie. There's decisions I don't like in that, too. But I would say, like, that's a pretty, that's almost a great movie. And removed from the comic, it's, like, fucking amazing. But obviously, you need the comic. Another thing I think about the director's cut is like, I feel like it's really for fans where a lot of things don't make sense if you haven't read the comic. Like there's lots of little moments and the the whole Rorschach thing is presented so much differently because in the director's cut of the movie, you see that fuck, you see him with his mask off with the sign all the fucking time. Yeah. Like it's very obvious. Yeah. And it's like way too much. And it kind of feels like, okay, we know that you know who that is. So we're going to put him in all the time so Jackie Earl Haley can get more FaceTime or whatever. The comic isn't like that at all. I don't even think the theatrical version's like that. Like he's not in it nearly as much. And I, I found that a little annoying in the director's cut or ultimate cut or whatever because there's three cuts of this fucking movie. Yeah. Which I, when I was looking up which version I was supposed to be watching, I was like, why is there three versions? Yeah, there's three versions. And I hadn't seen the directors before. I'd only ever seen the theatrical and that was clearly the way to go uh, i think like i still think and i'm glad that i watched that like a couple weeks ago mm. because i think i would be a lot more negative on this if i just watched the director's cut i guess the first thing we should probably do is talk about each of the performances because watchman bad watchman is really about <laughs> character well i think some of them some of them i feel like i've soured on and then some of them i think are better I think Patrick Wilson's probably the best. He's the one that they put the least amount of effort into making him look badass. Like, he's still kind of an impotent loser. And Patrick Which Wilson is looks... like kind of the entire point. Yeah, of, of course, exactly. But he looks like a man from the 70s, too, which I think adds to it. Yeah. He feels kind of lame, but in that Dan Dryberg way where that's the charm of him is, oh, I'm so sorry you're in the most horrific world you could possibly be and you deserve better. Except for in the fight scenes. Well, we're going to talk about that (laughs) too. Because in the comic, I do feel more it's like Dan Dryberg and Lori, to a lesser extent, are the only good people in the whole story. <laughs> like, Rorschach is fucking awful. Ozymandias is awful. Dr. Manhattan is is awful. It's just insane. It's not his fault that he's awful, but he is. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> Obviously, the comedian, the whole point is that he's the worst person you could ever see. He's America. Like, he's everything that's wrong with America, so he's the worst person you could ever be. <laughs> I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is great. He has less screen time than everyone else. Billy Crudup as Dr. Manhattan, he's very ripped. Um, and he's got a big dick, and and I think he does a great job with the voice. There's something about it to me that isn't quite right. The voice? I don't know. Just the whole thing. Like I see him, and I'm like, oh, there's Doctor Manhattan. I don't know if he's like over designed or something, though. Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, the first thing I had a problem with was the voice at first, because mm. when I read the comic, I 
didn't imagine that voice coming out of that person. Yeah, it's very soft. Yeah, like, I didn't imagine him being, like, soft-spoken. It is Christmas, 1963. Janie tells me she is afraid and worried. She says I am like a god now. I tell her I don't think there is a god. And if there is, I'm nothing like him. Like, it's just not the kind of vibe that I got out of it. So it just kind of took me by surprise. It started growing on me as the movie went on. But maybe you're right. I don't know if it's like the weird glowy effect on him or what. Or maybe he's just like a weird like shade of blue. Well, what's interesting. Yeah, that might be it. Because you're looking at him on the panel. He's so much paler. Yeah, like some scenes he just looks like he's kind of like maybe not the right color. Uh, And he, he might just glow a little too much maybe yeah he does and you see it on everything around him like half yeah. the time Lori's face is like it's hard to fucking see it because it's there's like this big blue led on her i don't know it's not even it's not bad i think it's i think he's very good and i think all the scenes with him are great and i think the effects are amazing i think all the effects in this movie are amazing i don't think there's anything that really looks that bad yeah there's nothing that stood out to me as being like bad yeah it's a it's a beautiful movie to look at there's a couple avenues we could go down. I don't want to just shit on anybody too much. What do you think about Ozymandias in the movie? It's a little goofy, but I feel like I'm kind of okay with it because Ozymandias in the comic, like just as a character, he's just he's just kind of goofy to me. Oh yeah, he's sorry. like his entire villain plan is just so like <laughs> intentionally goofy. Oh yeah. So I'm like I'm kind of fine with it just being like a big like Schumacher Batman costume like that's fine. I felt like the accent. I think that it might just be the actor, but the I don't know how I felt or... about the accent. I feel like it slips sometimes too. I feel like sometimes it sounds yeah, it like was like inconsistent doing an American accent, and then sometimes he sounds like wherever Matthew Good's actually from. I have no <laughs> idea. I mean, they say I'm the smartest man in the world, but the truth is, I've often felt stupid. Two hours later. The energy breakthrough I was working on just came to fruition. All these years, John was helping me replicate his power, unaware of how I planned to use it. I mean, it's good that they updated the costume. It is very silly that it's like, that doesn't feel like a commentary about anything. That feels like, oh, what if we just put nipples on on the, what if we basically just gave him the George Clooney Batman costume? I don't know what that means. I guess they just thought it was funny. I don't really see that as yeah. being a commentary on anything. I don't really have a problem with it, though. Yeah, it's just kind of like there. It is funny. I think when the tables turn, he's quite good. I don't really have many problems with the last like hour of this movie, which will be very controversial when we start talking about yeah. it because there's a big change. I think, and I feel bad saying this, I think Laurie Blake is very bad. I didn't used to think that, hmm. but I was not impressed. <laughs> I think she is definitely one of the weaker parts of it, but I don't feel like she's necessarily bad. I feel like she's, like, fine, but she's definitely, like, one of the weaker performances. They gave her a big stupid costume, though. They sure did. (laughs) She has the dumbest costume, maybe? She has, like, I don't know, like, on screen because it almost feels like it's supposed to be cool almost feels like it's supposed to be like a yeah but like in the comics sometimes i would look at the costume and i was just like i can't tell what this is even supposed to be yeah well it's like a big v yeah it looks like it looks wrong in the comic and i guess it looks a little better in the movie but that just feels weird to me like i feel like it should also look bad in the movie yeah i think so too i think the night owl costume is cool i like that they... yeah that i think that one Mm. 
they kept his. It might be one of my favorites. I think. Yeah, probably. And they kept his weird ice suit, which yeah, I thought weird, was fucking crazy. I was shocked that they gave him the ice suit and the laser gun. I didn't expect yeah. him to have a fucking laser. But they gun. didn't have the weird hover scooters for some no, reason. They That's they the had one to, thing they, had, they took. Out. Yeah, they had to walk. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> that that kind of sucks. I also am like, I don't know if they would have survived that at all. That's no. Just, like Rorschach is just wearing a fucking trench coat, <laughs> which is a joke, but it's also weird. Um, Jackie Earl Haley steals this movie though i think mm. he's great obviously rorschach is terrible but he plays it so perfectly and whenever you're supposed to have empathy for him you do yeah i think i think that's the thing people took away from this movie is him as rorschach he he sounds fucking perfect he looks amazing he has the grappling gun for so- i just love when they keep a stupid thing in yeah. like, they have the grappling guns and the laser guns and all that shit i feel like in the movie and the comic he is the best character but not because you're supposed to like him he's just the best written yeah like he's yeah. probably one of the worst like morally but <laughs> like he's just a right-wing monster yeah man, but know. he's just like such a weird interesting person <laughs> with a great design a design yeah. that you instantly want to know more about and then you find out way more about him than i feel like you think you're going to which i also think is great that's like is he gonna stay in mystery and then no there's like a whole fucking comic or a full 20 minutes of the movie devoted to explaining why he's like that and he's a fucking freak he's such a freak the whole thing with the mask moving, was that always intended? I th- because I feel Ooh, like... Yeah, I have no idea. I know it changes in certain panels and stuff. Yeah, like I couldn't... When I was reading it, I didn't imagine that it was just constantly moving like it is in the movie. Yeah, I guess I think I've just I've always had the movie in my brain, so I've always kind of imagined it like that. But That's I don't fair. know what it's supposed to be otherwise. I mean, I feel like it makes sense... That it's just like constantly moving. I don't know how he figured that out. Oh wait, he says he how he figured it out, doesn't yeah, he? In the was... comic, I think he does say that he's like, oh, I found That's something true. that would, would activate the I don't know what it is the it, particles in the ink or whatever. Yeah, it was like it was some weird dress or something, and somebody That's didn't right. like it, so he, he took, just they took it back. Yeah, he yeah. thought he liked it, so he just like cut it into a mask or something. Okay, yeah. That's right. There's a lot in the book. It's, it's yeah. hard to keep track of everything. So I guess it was always intended to be that. I don't know. I mean, I like it. I feel like it looks cool, but it's just it like... It looks very cool, yeah. That's that's a thing where it's like, that's so simple, but I'm glad that you added it mm-hmm. because I think it would have looked weird. If it was just like still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, the comedian, like... I guess we need to talk about more. He's great and he's fucking scary. He's actually scary, I feel like. What happened to the American dream? What happened to the American dream? It came true. You're looking at it. But I mean, I feel like in that's kind of just like Jeffrey Dean Morgan every time he acts in something, that's, that's just true. like his whole thing is just be scary and terrible. He <laughs> is, yeah, and he's good at it. He definitely has found like a, a role for himself. Carlo Gugino is in it as uh, Sally Jupiter. It's the first Silk Spectre. And... The actor, I can't remember her name, the actor who plays Lori is 31 years old. Carlo Gugino was 37 years old, and they put her in comical old age makeup. Yeah, I... it looks bad. I feel like they really should have just casted somebody else. Yeah. Like, it, it would be fine if she played, like, the younger version in, like, the flashbacks, but... It she doesn't look old enough. No, and I'm a big fan of her. I think she's great, but yeah. it's just like looking at her and knowing that she's wearing like you can see the seams on the wig. Too, yeah, like it's like. it's really bad. Yeah, I was watching the Blu-ray and I was just like, oh ha! I can see the marks on your head. That's not what you want. <laughs> 
I'm 67 years old. I think that opening montage scene is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the opening montage with all the history mm. and the slow-mo. Yeah. That is the best use of Zack Snyder's aesthetic I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, that slow-mo wasn't everywhere in the movie because mm. I fucking hate slow-mo in movies in general. Sure, yeah. So, uh, like, seeing that, I was, like, really scared, like, oh, no, is there going to be much slow-mo in this movie? There's but, some, but it's not... Yeah, it's not, like, egregious. As bad as it would get later. Yeah, I did really like how they handled it. It, it pretty clearly just shows, like, a, just a quick rundown of, like, how this world is it like if you sense. haven't read the comic yeah the evolution is is there you fully understand it and bruce wayne's parents are kind of there <laughs> i don't know if you remember that <laughs> but the first thing that happens you see hollis mason he's like punching the mugger in the face and there's two people there who are basically supposed to be thomas and martha wayne oh, there's all the yeah. batman posters on the wall <laughs> so it's like oh there's no batman because because we have fucking superheroes now or whatever so that's fun i think that's yeah. a cool little that's the only dc reference but that's the way it should be <laughs> that's fun then you see like ozymandias with david bowie and whatever it's studio <laughs> 54 like all that stuff's cool there are lots of things where it's like that is dialogue or imagery pulled directly from the comic and most of the time it works there's some things they take uh, mostly for the director's cut that i do not think work at all that whole like the the not tops kill hollis mason thing that's not in the theatrical version it didn't need to be it was a bad addition yeah and you get like he's remembering his glory days while he's fighting these guys like he'll punch one of them and it cuts to like super cg slow-mo yeah it's like old we didn't, villain we didn't need any of that so i don't need to fucking see captain axis in this movie i don't <laughs> need that shit i do love that they keep all the old Minutemen though you have like hooded justice and captain metropolis and all these losers you just get to see them in the background of certain scenes mm-hmm. and then obviously with that one horrific sally flashback scene <laughs> you get to actually see all of them i think the soundtrack is the most obvious thing in the world a lot of the time and i can't tell if that's good i think the only one that really bothers me is when they just do sound of silence at the comedian's funeral because it's just like what's sad yeah that song's sad because it's a song that sounds sad put it in and they do like all along the watchtower when they're leaving mars yeah like i i feel like (laughs) what's that (laughs) what do you mean It definitely gave me the vibes of how DC uses music. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, like Suicide Squad. Yeah, sure. it definitely it, it definitely made me think of Suicide Squad. Not nearly as bad, but just kind of a, a similar like style of music and kind of similar uses. Well, it's like but... Forrest Gump. That's a big problem I have where it's like you always use the most obvious song. And yeah, I can defend that in my brain as like, okay, well, that was, like, the most popular song in America at this time. This movie's about history. So it makes sense that you would play that or whatever. It does not work that way in this movie. Not as much. And this movie is about American history a lot of the time, but not in the same way. You're not going through decades, really. You're looking yeah. at the 40s occasionally, but it's mostly 85. That's that's all this is about. And I just thought a lot of the choices they made were kind of lazy. Not all of them. Some of them really work. I also think one of the major moments that's great in the theatrical that's lost in the director's cut is Dr. Manhattan is freaking out because he thinks he gave everybody cancer mm. and then he goes to the moon or goes to Mars, sorry. <laughs> <And> then, fuck, <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> didn't do any research at all. He goes to Mars. That's like one cut and it's perfect. Like he freaks out and he teleports everybody away and then he's on Mars. I said, leave me alone! 
in the middle of the director's cut, I can't remember what it is. There's like a whole other scene, maybe with Laurie and Dan in yeah, between. Yeah, it's like it's there's like a couple minutes between it, which is like that really. They could have still probably left. I don't even remember what was between it either. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure it's probably fine. Like they could have just put it like after or you something. Should have put it after. Like they could have just put it somewhere else. It's way more like accurate to the comic. Those versions, the director's cut or the ultimate cut or whatever. How did you feel about the Jerry Butler motion comic, Franny? It. Because I didn't fucking watch it. Yeah. So apparently, the longest version of this movie just adds all the Black Freighter stuff, but in a weird motion comic, which isn't even isn't even a motion comic. It's just like a bunch of animated shorts. Oh, is but, it? Okay. Yeah, like it's just straight up animated. Okay. It's just like it's basically just like every section that's in the comic, they just fully animated it. Yes, that makes it better. Yeah. But I the art style isn't the best. No. So I it that imagine. kind of ruins it. But it feels like an afterthought. Yeah, that's kind of definitely how it felt. Like they kind of just put it together last minute. So like it's fine, but I don't know if it's worth adding another like twenty minutes to the movie. <laughs> Probably not. I think one of the biggest problems that I have with this is perfectly explained in that scene where Lori and Dan get like accosted in the alleyway by all those guys or whatever. Yeah. Where they're just like they have superpowers basically. They're like breaking everybody's arms and legs and everyone's getting compound fractures towards the screen. They're supposed to feel good about being superheroes again, but they're not supposed to look cool doing it. They're lame. Like yeah. Dan especially like, is a they're fucking supposed loser. to be losers. <laughs> I don't like that i've never liked that i don't think i think even when i was younger i was like this is the the biggest blemish on this is that like they're not actually superheroes there's one super powered man in this entire world and he is very sad and that is kind of what's so wonderful about it and it's like you have that moment and then you have towards the end where it's like ozymandias is just throwing people around like he's fucking superman and i i don't know why well i couldn't tell does ozymandias have superpowers he shouldn't He's just very smart. Okay. Like he can catch he's... a bullet because he's trained to do that. Yeah. Because it's also like, was he the one that threw the comedian out the window? Yeah. Because he would have to be strong enough for that then. Yeah, he's strong, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's considered super like strength, that. but yeah. It's I've just never like... thought of it as him having super strength. Yeah. It's just like, he's very smart. He probably knows a trick for that. Like, he probably can throw his weight and all this kind of stuff. If he can catch a bullet, yeah, like I he can, can probably figure that. it out. It's just like, but this movie just makes it look like he's yeah. In this, it's just like he has insane reflexes and super strength. You're missing the entire point. Yeah, and also like just completely extending that whole like prison break sequence and making it a big action thing right. is like that wasn't the point of like this being in the original story. No, like that's not what this is for. I think they were good at preserving, like I was saying earlier, that Dan is still a loser and he, his dick doesn't work and all that. <laughs> I definitely don't think that hard line of like, oh, he's horny because of superheroes or whatever is established in the movie. Well, I think that's very interesting. That's like, oh, he can only like get going when he's been a superhero kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I feel like that's an, like, an interesting quirk in the comic, but it's not very clear in the movie, I think. Probably because they overemphasized how cool all the superhero stuff is. Yeah, and that's not cool. Yeah. So you can't be doing that. Like, Watchmen isn't really like a superhero story. It's just about a bunch of fucked up people. Like, yeah. they're not superheroes. It's like a deconstruction, too, of superhero stuff. Yeah. So just like glorifying all of the superhero stuff just misses the whole point. 
on its own, I feel like the action is fine. Oh, it looks very cool. Yeah. And like, it's brutal. It's yeah, a very like violent it, movie. If you don't compare it to the comic, then the action is fine, and I, I think it's good. But knowing what's in the comic kind of just ruins every action scene in this whole movie. Well, that's what I'll say, is this is like a pretty damn near perfect movie if the comic didn't exist. If I didn't have to compare it and go, oh, well, that's better, though. Like, if I yeah, had just seen like, the movie... This movie's fantastic without the comic but the comic is just like better it's better (laughs) unfortunately that's the way it is and i don't like to just strictly compare something but when it's this when it's such a clear adaptation but you are making changes and you are over stylizing it this is mostly this is a fucking book discussion like this is book club right now for any of that we're doing it's it's very strange for it to be like for probably like 90 percent of it just like a one-to-one like adaptation but then just making these weird changes where it's like we're gonna add a bunch of action scenes mm. but like why like what what was to... the thought process behind this because people want to see that because it's Zack snyder and Zack snyder fans want to see a cool Zack snyder movie i guess super powered people beating the shit out of each other and you get all that and it looks great and it's flashy and it's cool but it kind of flies in the face of what the point is what the point of the book is and what the point of most of the movie is because if you're mostly just adapting one for one you have the same message but then you change some of it and i just don't fucking understand (laughs) like that's weird that's a weird thing to want to do in your brain and i think that it's funny that you would want to go on to make a video game of this movie and i think that's Zack snyder's fault they're like (laughs) viewing this with weird action there's a lot of beatings and like interrogations in the comic book but in terms of actual action sequences i don't know how many are there two in the in this movie in the comic oh in the comic in yeah the comic there's like a, a fight at the very end that's like the main one usually it's pretty realistic like i feel like the the fight at the end is more of like i guess a superhero fight just because i guess it's just more complicated yeah but the rest of them it's mostly just like people with costumes beating up normal people well yeah exactly which is like horrific and that's that's one little moment i love in the movie i'm sure it it happens similarly in the comic but in the movie it's just very much like yes that's it and it's it's they figured out what ozymandias's plan is dr manhattan's there and everything he was just on earth seeing what he did and he teleports back in and like rorschach is there and night owl is there and john's like walking up the stairs and they're like John. I know. Must stop him. Kill Blake. Kill millions. Wait here. It's the one moment where they're talking to each other like a team of superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> and it's like, there's one moment where it's like, I could see Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman having that interaction. And I never feel that for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. It's like the one superhero moment in like the whole story. Exactly. Which I think is so wonderful. Yeah. They are superheroes <laughs> going after a supervillain. Yeah. And that's fun. <laughs> But when the movie imbues it with so much more ultraviolence and trying to look awesome, stuff in the comic looks awesome already. You have a blue man on Mars. You don't need all the extra flash. The only flaw with Watchmen is that it doesn't have enough action in it. It's like, a bad take. Did you did you read it? Yeah. <laughs> the, everyone in this is like either 
horrific or sad or both. Usually both. Usually <laughs> both. Nobody is happy in Watchmen. I don't think there's a single character who is content, except for maybe Ozymandias at a point once he's yeah, realized. At the very end. <laughs> at the very end. And that's another thing. And I think I think Tommy was saying this to me, or somebody was saying this to me in my real life. Ugh, cringe. But somebody, <laughs> I was talking about this with somebody, and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, Ozymandias in the movie says... I've made myself feel every day. See every innocent face I've murdered to save humanity. And I just don't think that's true. <laughs> like you look at his face and it doesn't fucking look like that's like, true. No, he looks he looks pretty happy with himself. Exactly. I don't I don't think he's realized how many people he's killed just yet. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. And I have a lot more I want to talk to uh, or talk about. So when we go to the ending, don't think we're done. But yeah. I think we should talk about this because it's the major change. They made him kill way more fucking people in the movie than they did in the in the book. Yeah. Because in the book, he kills three million people and gives like a bunch of psychic damage to a bunch of others or whatever. But in the fucking movie, fifteen million people <laughs> are killed. That's a lot more, actually. That's a lot more. But okay. In the comic, I might have missed it. Was it just in the United States? Yeah, it's just in it's New just York. It's just New York, right? Yeah. I feel like it makes more sense for it to be more than just New York if it, he's trying to create like world peace. Okay, I definitely want to talk about this because this is like the major thing I've wanted to yeah. talk about this whole time. So for the, the uninitiated, I'll try to explain this the best I can because it is it's weird. fucking insane it's, in both versions. It's silly and it's confusing. <laughs> but, but that's it, like the point. But it's smart and it works, yeah. which is kind of the whole thing about it where it's like, that's fucking crazy, but it's brilliant. So in the in the comic, <laughs> Ozymandias has captured all of these artists and writers, just all of these like creative people, and he's put them on an island to design a monster. To, to, so he has like writers to write mythology for where this monster's from. He has artists to create what it looks like, and his plan, his grand plan, is to drop this supposedly alien squid he's manufactured it but he needs it to look like an alien he's going to drop it on new york he's going to kill three million people when he does it and it's going to let out this big psychic blast so everyone's going to get in their head like lore basically which i think is the scariest thing that could ever happen because if there was a natural disaster if 9-11 happened and then all i could think of it was kingdom hearts lore i would want to fucking die like, so i understand 9-11 happens like oh no it's the heartless <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't think we're done with 9 11. We're going to talk about it in a second. Um, but I. <laughs> so he's going to drop the squid. And the point is, Russia and America, they all have tons of nukes and they're going to fucking destroy each other. The doomsday clock is getting closer and closer to annihilation. That's like a point from the first second of Watchmen. He's watching the TV. The comedian's watching the TV. You're hearing about this. There's rising nuclear tensions between the United States and Russia. The plan is to stop these two superpowers from blowing each other up. That way, everyone on Earth will unite against this common enemy. Because if there's fucking aliens up there, or in another dimension, or wherever, that's what we need to band together to fight. So America and Russia are about to blow each other up. If they can unite against an alien threat, the world will be saved. That's his plan. He's going to save the world. He's going to kill three million people, but he's going to save the world because there will be no more war. In the movie... He put seven bombs, or however many bombs, I've parked seven vans on all these 
major metropolitan cities that have the energy signal of Dr. Manhattan. So everyone's going to think that Dr. Manhattan went fucking crazy because he freaked out on the news. They think Dr. Manhattan is going to blow up all these different places. How he did that all at once, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. Movie Ozymandias wants everyone to fear Dr. Manhattan so they don't blow each other up instead of fearing an alien uh, extra-dimensional squid. That's about the the most succinct way I could put that, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Watchmen is big. Yeah. And this is how it culminates. So you have a big squid, and then you have these... Dr. Manhattan blasts, and who do you frame, and who's the world going to want to go to war against, and whatever. They both work, I think. I don't have a problem with either of them. Mm -hmm. I've seen people have a problem with the movie one for some reason. I don't really understand what the problem is with the movie one, other than it just being different. I think it's, well, I think that's, I think you've definitely. It's like either that that or they just think it doesn't make sense for, or no, okay, they think that because Ozymandias is killing more people, it's harder to be like, he's morally gray because he's killing so many more people. It's like he's just evil. Yeah. But I feel like either way. He's still pretty bad. Oh, so no. like that's not a very good point. I have <laughs> like always... I don't know how morally gray it is to be like I'm going to murder millions of people. Yeah. Yeah, murdering <laughs> one person's pretty evil. Murdering yeah, like... 3 to 15 million is <laughs> I would say almost I think there is a point there is a murder capita where you reach a certain level of murders and all murders are as bad as other murders. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I don't know once you've gotten to one million, I don't care if it's three or fifteen. Yeah, like it's still. I think at that point, it's just millions of people are dead. You are terrible. <laughs> it's genocide, no matter what you do. That's a stupid reason to not like it. Is because he's more eviler. Yeah, like I, I think the the argument that I've seen for not liking the movie one is it's just harder to see Ozymandias as morally gray. But I feel like he's just as morally gray in both versions. I don't know if either plan is like changing that necessarily I've always read it as he is an insane man an evil man who just wants an excuse to kill tons of people but i also understand because unfortunately he's right that's the thing yeah it's is like, like he's terrible but he's right <laughs> in that situation uh i i want to get put on the list but i get it Without condemning or condoning, I understand. Yeah, I I think that is, like, the best way to put it, like... You understand, don't you? Without condoning or condemning, I understand. At that point, I can't even judge it. Like, morals or not, like, he's right. But that's why it's so interesting, because it leads to conversation. You can't just be like, oh, my God, Ozymandias is so evil. Can't believe he blew it. It's like, okay, no, but now we have to talk about it. Like, was he right? Is that what you, would you ever get to that point where you would do that? Like, I don't know. He's the world's smartest man, and I believe that. There's never a moment where I'm like, oh, you fucking dummy. Yeah, it's like you're so... This is, like, so stupid. Like, no, this plan is actually kind of smart. <laughs> he got rid of a god. Like, he he gave a bunch of people cancer. That's also pretty fucking evil, by the way. That's, yeah. like, to me, that's way more personal and worse. Like, yeah, that's, like... It's, like, tracking a bunch of people down and giving them all cancer. It was, like, five people. Yeah, it was a bunch of fucking people. <laughs> like, purposely just giving them cancer. Also, that... That, like, newsroom scene in the movie, I think, is great. I think they did that fucking perfectly. I think they did a lot of things perfectly whenever it's, like, a direct adaptation. It's just, it's great to see it on the screen. 
all the Rorschach origin stuff is wonderful. And I also think that it's just very important when talking about something like this is to acknowledge that some things work in a comic book and don't work in a movie. And some things work in a movie and don't work in, like it, it, it's vice versa. They're different art forms. And I just think that if you put the giant squid in the movie, people would have laughed at it and it would have been stupid. But I also think that making the threat Dr. Manhattan in the eyes of the American people in the world, I don't think that is as compelling as there's aliens. I feel like that's not as big a reason for everyone to band together because that's one guy. That's fair. That they know everything about. I see that. I feel like my problem with the alien thing is it just comes in so last minute that's like at least with setting up dr manhattan and framing him Mm -hmm. it's like ozymandias has already like put in the work to frame him and like show that he's already like kind of unstable with the aliens it's just like oh by the way there's aliens in the last like couple pages of the comic like (laughs) you could have set that up a little better It's more personally devastating, too, to be like, oh, no, John is now going to be seen as the problem. And he's just gone through this whole arc, too, because he's like, oh, I fucking hate humans. I'm leaving. And then he has that conversation with Laurie. And by the end of it, he's like, you know what? No, I get it. Actually, I understand that there are miracles in humanity. To distill so specific a form from all that chaos. He's like turning air into gold. A miracle. And so, I was wrong. The whole, star- the whole like, first two-thirds of the movie, he's getting colder and more isolated and... I am tired of Earth. These people. I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives. And there's a couple things that, and I hate to say this, everybody, but I feel like I've made a good enough case at this point that I think are superior in the movie than the comic and i uh, the main thing i'm talking about you're gonna get us canceled Gabe. i know be well, careful I, well because i think the main thing that's <laughs> better in the movie maybe is laurie blake because i feel like she's kind of dumb in the comic yeah no she definitely feels like more of a person in the movie in the comic she's kind of just like the the woman character yeah <laughs> and i don't love the performance like i said i don't think it's great I, I don't think it's like bad or ruins her scenes or anything she's fine i just don't think she's as good as everybody else is but i do think she has much more agency in the movie i think she gets more upset about things which is all that stupid fucking lori is being taken in by government agents whatever that's not in the theatrical cut cut all that that yeah. sucks like she's beating up the federal agents or what like what is that and also, like, that doesn't even, like, contribute to anything further in the movie. Like, she literally just assaulted, like, government agents, yeah. and there, there's no repercussions for that whatsoever. And it's almost like you would watch a cut of that and be like, trim that out of the version we're putting yeah, out. Yeah, it's almost like that shouldn't be in the movie or something. Yeah, it's almost like it wasn't in the real movie or something. <laughs> but I just think that comic book lore is a lot ditzier and more, like, innocent almost than than her movie version. I wouldn't say she's one-dimensional, but she's just a lot more boring in the comic. That's true. And she's still put in all these situations. She's in the exact same situations. I just think the way she responds to it, I just think there's more emotion behind it than I feel like there is with her on the page. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's just the time it was written versus the time the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Things were different. And Rorschach has such a great end to his story in both versions. It was very good in the movie when 
it's like, yeah, uh, the worst thing ever just happened, and everybody has agreed to keep it quiet, but that goes against everything Rorschach's ever said or believed over the course of the entire story. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, good for him. <laughs> Never compromise. Not even in the face of Armageddon. He stands out above everybody else. Uh, but it got him fucking obliterated. Yeah, literally fucking turned into a fucking Rorschach blood in the, in the snow. When people get obliterated in the movie, it's so good, too. Yeah. It's so disgusting all the time. And it's just so easy. It's just like a hand wave. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and all of the moments where it's like, oh, uh, the, the comedian funeral scene, stupid song choice aside, is great at showing oh everybody has a memory of this person um and they're all like progressively terrible because mm. you have oh yeah dr manhattan saw uh, him in the bar when he killed his pregnant uh laurie's thing which is a big plot point and fucking horrific yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> and presented way more horribly in the movie i think than is in the comic mm. in some ways the comic is a hard read but yeah i feel like the movie takes it a little more seriously than the comic does because i feel like in the comic a lot of it is just like oh it was in the past it's fine like i don't really care that much but like in the movie it's like yeah that was like really bad <laughs> but that's another thing that's interesting when we talk about oh, you changed some things but not other things, where you have that and it's like, oh, this is much more oppressive and ruined Sally forever. But then at the end, she's like, oh, but he gave me you. It's fine. And it's like, no, you used the resolution from the comic with this thing you made for the movie. Yeah, you made it look worse and then still had the same outcome. I, I think we can say that that was pretty bad. It's pretty like, bad, yeah. I feel like it's an interesting part of Sally's character to be kind of like accepting of it, yeah, but it's oh, also yeah. like very weird it is, it's <laughs> and like weird. a little questionable. Like what message does this send? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to take any messages from the characters in this movie. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. It just like that whole like situation just makes me think very strange thoughts is her it's like i don't know what i'm supposed to get out of this well you're definitely not supposed to feel good about it yeah you get night owl and like the police strike thing where he just goes down there he starts beating the shit out of all the protesters because he's horrible and they added shooting at i think they added some slurs for the director's cut too which is cool Yay. Thanks, Zach. I don't know what that's about. Love you, Zach. But I feel like there's way more slurs in the, <laughs> the director's cut than there were in the theatrical cut. Just point that out. Just I thought that was an interesting observation. They keep the imagery of when Dan has his weird sex dream and they like they tear each other's skin off and the costumes are underneath. And it looks rad because that's that's cool. Yeah. A lot of people like, it's such a weird effect, but it's just like it's unique, at least. Like, oh, I don't know I, where yeah. else you would see anything even close to that. Hey, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, okay, you know, I can complain about you made it ultraviolet. You didn't completely understand how lame everyone's supposed to be. But at the end of the day, he was the right choice. To make this movie, Zack Snyder, I think, was the right choice. I don't think anyone would have brought the right amount of visual flair to this. Yeah, I think any other direct might have just kind of like shied away from more of like the very weird stuff that's in the comic like clearly Zack Snyder didn't give a shit now, he understood like, the importance I think of most of the things I just have questions with his readings of certain moments yeah there's just there's some things where it's like how did you get such a wrong interpretation of it when like everyone else has like uniformly agreed on what like 
what this is supposed to be. Right. And you just completely missed that. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out, and this is like going back to the opening montage, but I just remembered it right now. I don't know how they did it, but that part where Dr. Manhattan is shaking hands with John F. Kennedy just looks real. And I don't know yeah. what that is. Okay, like the the actor that's playing Nixon does not look like him at all. But that is one of the worst parts of the movie. Yeah, because that's like, barely in the book. Yeah, anything related to that is just sucks. Like, he terrible. Looks terrible. But, it's embarrassing. Yeah, that JFK looks so fucking close to the real guy. It like, looks it's like kind they took, of insane. It looks like they put him into footage, but I don't know how they would have that kind of like I don't wide so. screen. I think it's just because it's like a side profile, so it's I easier so. to like cover up the details. Like they just had to get somebody that like looks vaguely at like close enough. Well, that's the thing because a lot of the other like historical figures who show up there, you get like Andy Warhol with his night owl painting and whatever, and they don't look like they. It gets the point across, and I'm glad that they made all those choices, but. They don't really look like them for real. They're just wearing the costumes. He looks fucking perfect, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like whoever it looks that like a guy photograph. is. Like, that's like impressive. That's the guy. Yeah, and I think John F. Kennedy has probably had more terrible like CGI faces than most. Oh, definitely people because yeah. you have like Transformers Three. I don't know if you ever seen that John F. Kennedy, but it's fucking. It's horrendous. It's yeah, I have the, seen that. One of the worst CGI heads I've seen in my entire life, and they change. Because at the end, they're like, oh, Robert Redford's running for president, which is fun because it's like a Robert Redford. What the fuck do you mean? Like, obviously, it's a Ronald Reagan like parallel Mm. to have another actor doing it. But the fact that it's Robert Redford's not the fucking president, uh, (laughs) that's funny. And then they switch it back for the directors or for the movie. For the movie, they're like, it's Ronald Reagan's running for president. Mm. That's not as fun. I like when it was Robert Redford and the show fucking went with it. (laughs) <laughs> that's a big part of the fucking show is that Robert Redford is the president oh, really? and they've annihilated terms. Yeah. So he was fucking, you know, Nixon's been president for five terms yeah. and do your math long fucking time. <laughs> and then Robert Redford is the president and I, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a, just a great joke about that. in like the final episode where basically a character has been away for a while. It's not the one you're thinking, but mm. a character has been gone for a while and they come back and it's 2019 now. And they're like, Robert Redford's still the fucking president. <laughs> it's been 40 years of yeah, Robert like, Redford. This guy's still fucking in office. As the president. And it's a great payoff. So <laughs> I wish they stuck with that. And I don't even I don't even know if the Reagan name drop is in the theatrical. I don't think it is. Because I remember last night being taken aback by that. But... And I, okay, this is actually a debate. And it's not as oh, important God. It's not as important as the ending. <laughs> this is silly. I just want to know which you think is worse. Oh, okay. Because they're the, they're, it happens in the movie and in the book, but I just want to know which you think is stupider because they're both stupid, but when they break into Ozymandias' computer. Oh, my God. Which is worse? The fucking... The, the movie. You think so? <laughs> the book is laying right next to the computer? And he are you fucking kidding me? I hate that he like tries a couple other things for like that should make it better, but for some reason it makes it worse. It makes it worse because <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. And that's stupid because one, Dan, fucking look around you. And two, Adrian, why do you leave your password, right? Yeah, on the why are you table? Why would you leave like the most obvious hint? Like, okay. World's at, smartest man. At least in like the comic, it's still stupid, but you still have to put like two and two together. Yeah, but he's just but sitting in, there also. Like, he's just sitting there, and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's like, why Why would that be, like, your first guess? It's stupid in the movie because it's right there, but it's also stupid in the comic because how would you even get to that? I don't know. Like, of all the things, 
how would you guess it correctly? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, how would you ever get to that? It's weird in both of them. I don't <laughs> understand. So anyway, I just... It's also stupid that the company is so obvious. It's pure, also, it's Fuck, pyramid, pyramid internationally. Are you serious? fucking kidding me? The office is filled with all this, like, Egyptian shit or whatever. Like, come on. I think that's... Oh, you know, that's a bad slow-mo moment where the assassin comes in to kill him or mm-hmm. whatever. And it, like, goes through her leg and it's like, this is a little indulgent. I don't yeah. know about all this. But they still let Rorschach be a little grub. One thing I'm glad they, they put... <laughs> uh, a what? Uh, you know, I'm a little grub under a log. They put <laughs> one of the things back in to the director's cut that I think is better to include. And it's just that little moment that I love so much in the comic where Rorschach and Night Owl are talking and Night Owl like snaps at him and is like, I'm sorry. And he's like, I know it can be difficult with me or whatever. That's great. And that's not in the theatrical cut. So that was a good inclusion. they're boys. They're boys, I know. Boys can't be doing that kind of stuff. Boys have to be awesome. <laughs> but I was glad in that scene that they were like, the, they they actually do care about yeah, each other. They are nice. they are besties. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I've been thinking about a lot. That's also why I think I kind of prefer in the movie when Rorschach dies. Not so much Night Owl just completely snapping and just beating the shit out of Ozymandias. That <laughs> yeah, kind of felt like silly. very out of character. That's very weird. But in the comic, Dan doesn't even know that it happened. That's yeah, that's like true, he yeah. doesn't even like acknowledge that Rorschach just fucking blew up outside. They were close, like they were friends. Like yeah. I, I do like that he had some sort of like reaction to it because yeah, your best friend just got blown up. You'd probably care. Do it! No! Everybody has like an equivalent best friend, but they're all very dysfunctional and kind of weird. And I think it's perfectly said by the comedian when he says, "Spilling my guts." One of my arch enemies. It's true, this is the closest thing to a friend I got. What the fuck does that say? You have that pairing. I always felt like Ozymandias and Dr. Manhattan were probably the closest to f- friends each other could have just because they're so weird distant yeah and, like, way more intelligent than anyone else on the planet and they're like facetiming each other in antarctica or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i just think that's great and you get more of that in the tv show it's kind of paid off a little bit more and then of course you have rorschach and night owl i just think it's interesting like the pairings are not what you would expect them to be it's also strange when like anybody gets along with the comedian because, like, him Hello, and Dr. Yeah. Manhattan were, like, kind of okay with each other for, like, some of the time. It was, like, how is anybody, like... Dr. Manhattan <laughs> chasing a 16-year-old girl when he's 50 is bad. Very <laughs> gross and <laughs> creepy. good. And then they ended up together. Yeah. And he's kind of ageless. It's still... But he's not actually. Yeah. So, like, Just because he's not physically aging doesn't mean he's not, like, still mentally much older than she is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... It's trying to be like, oh, that's a good thing. No, it definitely seems like it's intended to be like, yes, this is very weird. Because Janie Slater is like, you, yeah, she's you are chasing jailbait. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is good in the movie and in the comic. But I definitely think the comic dwells on it more though, and is like, oh, yeah, yeah he like, did this, this by like, the so way. Gross. Exactly. It's like, yeah, she is getting older, so I'm going after an underage girl. It's like. <sighs> That's and, but that's that's so brutal too. And, yeah, and he's like, as I lie to her, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's what? like, why? What's wrong with you? Yeah, John? The, God, that whole section of both is so good. Yeah, just like oh, getting sure in the head of John it's, and just like, yeah, like getting to learn how he thinks. Is you just see like everything weird. about him, why he's like, it's that. like, yeah, I already know everything that's gonna happen, so I'm just kind of like 
just kind of doing it. <laughs> Only what can happen does Just happen. stop! You're bullshit! And I think the comic, I like it because Watchmen almost ends like the Lorax book, <laughs> where it ends with like this supernatural being is just like really fucking sad and he's like the only thing i'm gonna do is leave and i think that's great because i always i just think and i know that's silly but it's like you look at the lorax and the ending of the lorax is miserable to me like, yeah as a child it made me so upset it still does because he's just like just hopeless is like there's literally nothing i can do so i'm uh, yeah. just gonna go he's like i'm gonna go and <laughs> i'm if, gonna head if, out if you fix it maybe i'll be back but i just i don't but know. i doubt you will so i'm just gonna go <laughs> exactly and he ditches and i just it's the same with dr manhattan i think that final moment where he's like it's much better in the in the comic definitively to me where he's like uh i'm leaving your universe whatever and they adrian's like is this worth it? Like in the end, did yeah, like, I do did, the right yeah, thing? Yeah, did I do this right? And he says, <laughs> uh, in the end, nothing ever ends or whatever. And he leaves and he's gone. And that's the thread, both sequels, the show and the the this book that I'm holding in my hands, Doomsday Cock, uh, that both of them grab. Doomsday what? Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> also, tons of blue balls in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they were not shy. It's just he's hanging the whole time. But that's <laughs> kind of the thread that both of these take in wildly different directions is, where'd he go? Uh, where'd he go? And the show is like, he went here. And you're like, what? <laughs> and the book is like, he went here. And you're like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> so, And there's lots of things that I found with this book that is still a new discovery to me. Is like, I look at how the show answers it versus how the book answers it. And it's different. It's very different. Because uh, they take them from different angles, too. Because in this, it's like, yeah, Adrian Bite still looks the way he does in the book, in the Watchmen book. Because it's five years later or whatever. Mm. And the show is like... It's been 40 years. 40 years. (laughs) What if we got, hmm, to play Ozymandias? It's like, you did what? It's Jeremy Irons. Really? And he's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking good. Um, That's a whole other discussion for another day, maybe. I think that moment's better because in the movie they have Laurie say that line and it just doesn't mean the same. Yeah. Nothing ever ends line. It's like, that's not... That's not really... I, I get wanting that to be like the last line of your movie kind of thing, too. It's not literally the last line, but I understand. But I just think it's so much better in the book. And that ends the same way with him getting they, the, the new frontiersman, the horrible alt-right rag. <laughs> and they pick up Rorschach's journal. That'll get published. And again, the show runs with that. And it's like, what if you already had like a white supremacist mindset and then you fucking got Rorschach in your brain? Yeah, what would you do? That's would bad. you basically be the clan with Rorschach masks? Probably. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's that's fucking insane. great. So anyway, I just think that's interesting. <laughs> they run different directions is all I'm saying. And if we can find an excuse to t- come back to this and talk about that show whenever we get to that point. Yeah, I'll have to watch I it I think it might point. be worth it to make an exception because that's a fucking... I've dedicated that's enough brilliant. of my life to reading it and watching Watchmen, then I might as well just Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to dunk your head in. I'm very glad you read... What's what, nine more hours? (laughs) Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it. But I'm very glad you read the book because I don't even know what this discussion would have looked like if we were just talking about the movie. I feel like it would have been a lot less interesting. Yeah, I think it definitely would. (laughs) Because the movie's good, but you kind of need the the foundation of it I feel like there wouldn't be very much to talk about if we didn't read the comic. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, it looks awesome. 
I like that Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, good movie. That's great. That scene where he kills that dog, <laughs> fucking brutal, man. And that's that's kind of where it's at, where it's at. And that doesn't even mean the movie's bad. It just means you kind of need the context for it. And yes, this is definitely the most homework I'll ever make you do. But I I hope it was worth it, Franny. No, it was. End, it I, was I enjoyed it. it, even though I can't read. Yeah, and well. I suffered through reading a book. So next <laughs> week we'll be reading all of Doomsday Clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, I'm so glad that we talked about Watchmen. I I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, even though I've done tons of research about it. I've been very nervous for this day, but I think I think it's just it's a very good piece of art that means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. There's I think, a lot to talk about with it. It's very dense. It's very dense, and I think the movie does. I, I all you know opinions aside, nitpicks aside, and all that stuff. I think the movie does a very good job of distilling it. I hope it didn't get lost in the shuffle. I do still like this movie. It didn't blow my mind like it did when I was 13 or whatever, but I still think it is a very good movie and a very good effort, but watch the theatrical version because there's a lot of fat. (laughs) Yeah, I would absolutely watch the theatrical version again. I don't know if I would watch the entire thing again because that is a slog. Not worth (laughs) it, yeah. And I just wanted to know. I bought the Blu-ray because I wanted to know. Mm. Like I, I was just like, okay, yeah, sure. So I got the Blu-ray. Not worth it because um, I have the theatrical, and I was just like, I need to see this version. No, 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 no. It will not be happening again. It, there's certain things where it's like, you know, Daredevil. That's a good. The director's cut is much better than the yeah. theatrical cut. I feel like sometimes director's cuts are only made just so they can shove every single scene that they ever shot into yeah. one movie. And it's just like these were cut for a reason. Not always <laughs> worth it. There's some that are definitely like definitively better. Because studios will just hack shit, and it's like, why was that not in the movie? That that's a waste. But usually, it's just like this doesn't this didn't need to be in here. I think I they didn't were right. want it. I think they were absolutely right to cut out all the stuff they cut out. Yeah. Um, I think the theatrical is definitely the best version. Uh, I would definitely like to to get back into doing some of these. Um, but the new hurdle that we have to overcome is that the next two movies we would talk about are Jonah Hex and Green Lantern. Yay. So so exciting. I think we're going to be miserable for a couple weeks, and then we have The Dark Knight Rises, which I need to know what you think about. hate it. It's, well, <laughs> we're going to talk about it, Franny, because that's a fucking wild ride of a movie. Um, I'm so glad that we did this. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed our Watchmen discussion as we bumbled like idiots trying to talk about literature for once instead of Spider-Man. I know. Imagine trying to have like a serious conversation about literature on a superhero podcast. I know, right? We Fucking Socratic cinema who? <laughs> Fuck you losers. I'll kill all of you. All three of you. Especially James Delisio. If I Fuck see, that guy. If I, I right? see James Delisio on the street, I'm a fucking kill him. <laughs> it's on site. No, I'm <laughs> Hopefully we'll be back soon. Maybe we should do a holiday special. That would be fun. Not the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday say, special. We have one no, ready to go. No, 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 no. Although I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But we're I'll not doing a fucking point. episode on How it. How long is it? It's like 45 minutes. It's, okay. it's like Werewolf by Night where it's like short. Okay. It fucking felt like my whole ass life though. <laughs> I would love to just go through some... Maybe some DC Christmas comics if we're going to start trying to feed this feed a little bit more. I'll, I'll look for some stuff. I don't want to do the big ones like Batman Noel or whatever because that's stuff sucks. Yeah, we can't do any of the like obvious ones. We got to do the stupid we gotta do ones. The weird, we got to do like the Lobo Santa special and <laughs> stuff like that because there's some really bizarre ones. So I would definitely like to do that in the near future. But maybe we'll be back soon talking about fucking Jonah Hex, a movie I've never seen. <laughs> a movie that I had never heard of before this podcast. Even though it has... 
fucking Josh Brolin and Megan Fox and Michael Fassbender and yeah, John Malkovich. kind of insane. You can find us on Instagram at DC Movie Pod. If I remember what the login is, I'm kind of like trying to dip back into doing you the Marvel You can find one. us places technically DC movie pod, but in reality we don't actually look at any of them <laughs> twitter is now a good time to get back on twitter no oh okay Something twitter's happened? shutting down in the next couple next couple days probably adrian Vite bought twitter <laughs> elon musk's grand plan <laughs> is to launch a giant squid on twitter honestly i wouldn't be shocked squitter I, I gotta go. Oh, <laughs> well, Franny, get back here. We need to talk about fucking Watchmen more. It's Watchmen Watch. I need to know what you thought about... Watchmen Watch Party. About fucking Billy Crudup's ass. <laughs> okay, everybody. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you once again. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Okay, bye, everybody. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> hope there's no static on that one. Nope, there's nothing but static. Fuck. I once asked you, John, Rather, it was all worth it in the end. You avoided answering by saying, nothing ever ends. <laughs> <laughs>